0: It's time for Lombardi Memories, a show that takes you back in time into January or February to the greatest one-day spectacle in all of sports. This is the Every Other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50 Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive-by-drive, play-by-play, the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at tommyaphillips.com, where you can find all of my books. Today, we have Super Bowl X, which was held on January 18, 1976, at the Miami Orange Bowl, in Miami, of course, between the back-to-back AFC champion Pittsburgh Steelers, and the three-time NFC champion Dallas Cowboys. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is, what major movie was filmed at Super Bowl X? The answer will come at the end of the podcast. Pittsburgh Steelers were an absolute powerhouse in 1975, they started out 1-1, one one, then didn't lose another game until the season finale, which was meaningless to them. They blew out most of their opponents, including the second-place Cincinnati Bengals, twice. Perhaps if they would have beaten Buffalo early in the season, they come into Week 14 undefeated and they go for the undefeated season. Simply put, this team was an utter jugger- juggernaut. Harry Bradshaw was now fully installed as the starting quarterback. He threw for over 2,000 yards, tossing 18 touchdowns as opposed to just 9 interceptions. His passer rating was 88.0, which isn't great in today's NFL, but it was stellar back then. Fra- running back Franco Harris had a huge year, rushing for 1,246 yards and 10 touchdowns, while also catching 28 passes for 214 yards and a touchdown. Rocky Blyer, the backup running back, ran for 528 yards and two scores. Lynn Swan led the receiving corps with 49 catches for 781 yards and 11 touchdowns. The Steelers blew out Baltimore 28-10 in the divisional round, before eking by the Raiders 16-10 in the AFC Championship game. Both games were played in Pittsburgh as the days of rotational home field advantage were over. As for Dallas, they were not on the level of the Steelers. They lost three or four games at midseason, and they suffered a big loss to St. Louis late in the season. The Cardinals won the NFC East as a result, making the Cowboys a wild card at 10-4. and four. The Cowboys were led by quarterback Roger Staubach, who threw for over 2,600 yards and 17 touchdowns. He did have 16 interceptions, though, making his passer rating below Bradshaw's at 78.5. His top receiver was Drew Pearson, who hauled in 46 balls for 822 yards and 8 touchdowns. Running back Robert Newhouse had 930 yards on the ground, while Doug Dennison led the team in rushing touchdowns with 7. In one of the most famous games in NFL history, the Cowboys took on the Vikings in the divisional round in Minnesota. Remember, there was no wild card game back then. The wild card team automatically made it to the divisional round. The Cowboys trailed 14-10 late in the game when Stahlbach launched what he called a Hail Mary to Drew Pearson... For the game winning touchdown. The Cowboys won 17-14 and the name Hail Mary stuck. The Cowboys then went to Los Angeles and flew out the Rams 37-7 to become the first wild card in NFL history to advance to the Super Bowl. Remember, the second place Chiefs of Super Bowl IV were not a wild card as they had an automatic playoff berth for finishing second. So, entering the game, the Steelers were a seven-point favorite. Kicker Roy Jurella kicked, booted the ball away to start Super Bowl X, and running back Preston Pearson brought it in for Dallas. He gave the ball on a reverse to linebacker Tom Henderson, and he returned it 52 yards all the way to the Pittsburgh 44. Steelers defensive end Elsie Greenwood forced a Staubach fumble on the very first play of the game, but Cowboys center John Fitzgerald recovered it. The Cowboys ended up punting. Steelers head coach Chuck Knoll ran five straight run plays, one of which got a first down. The remainder came up short, and the Steelers had a punt. On the kick... Punter Bobby Walden fumbled the snap, and the Cowboys tackled him for a loss inside the Pittsburgh 30. Then Staubach threw, fired over in the middle, through to Drew Pearson for a 29-yard touchdown, and Dallas went up 7-0. Starting at their own 32, the Steelers began their new drive with an 8-yard run by Harris. He picked up a first down two plays later, and then Blyer ran for another five yards. Bradshaw then heaved one downfield for Lynn Swan, who made a fantastic catch at the Dallas 15 for a first down. Three plays later, Bradshaw hit tight end Randy Grossman for a seven-yard touchdown. Jarella's extra point was deflected, but it made it over the crossbar to tie the game at seven at the end of one quarter. The Cowboys got back at their own 33. Running back Robert Newhouse ran for seven yards. Then Dennison pounded it up the middle for a first down. Staubach passed to Fugit for nine yards into Pittsburgh territory. Then Newhouse took a draw for a first down. Preston Pearson, Dennison, and Newhouse all combined for nine more yards, setting up fourth and inches and Cowboys head coach Tom Landry said, let's go for it, and they got it. Dennison picked up the first down, but they weren't able to get in the end zone. They settled for a 36-yard field goal by kicker Tony Fritz. and the Cowboys went up 10-7. to The Steelers also took over at their own 33-yard line. Blyer ran for five yards, then Bradshaw scrambled for a first down to the 45. Harris blasted the ball into Dallas territory, and he got a first down at the 44. Bradshaw found receiver John Stallworth at the 37, and that set up fourth and short. So Noel kept his forces out there, and they went for a fourth down, but Bradshaw's pass for Franco Harris was broken up by defensive back Cliff Harris, and the Steelers turned it over on downs. Not much happened on the next two drives. The Cowboys moved the ball on the drive after those two, with Staubach beginning the drive with a nine-yard pass to Preston Pearson. You get the first down on another pass to Preston Pearson before hitting running back Charlie Young, for a first down at the 21, Cowboys look poised to score. But then Greenwood made a sack of Starbuck for a loss of 12, and defensive and Dwight White got a sack on the next play. The Cowboys were forced to punt it away, and the ball went out of bounds at the Pittsburgh six. So, way back in their own territory, Bradshaw faced third and long and he decided to throw the long bomb for Lynn Swan. And that is when Swan made the spectacular leaping diving catch that you always see in the highlight clips for the Super Bowl. What's interesting to note, though, is that despite that catch from Swan, the Steelers failed to score in the drive. They got stopped just inside the 20, where Jarella missed a 33. 33- 6-yard field goal wide to the left. The teams went to the locker rooms with Dallas leading 10-7. The Steelers started the second half with a a 3-and-out. Staubach then gave the ball right back on an interception thrown to defensive back J.T. Thomas, who returned it to the Dallas 25. But the Steelers again got no points. Harris had run for a first down inside the 15, but the drive stalled there, and then Jarella missed a field goal attempt wide to the left. After the kick, Cowboys uh, defensive back Cliff Harris, who already had a pass breakup earlier in the game, he tapped Jarella on the head, presumably to taunt him. Steelers linebacker Jack Lambert wasn't having any of it, and he tackled Harris. It's just interesting to note that neither team was penalized on the play. The Cowboys got one first down on the next drive after a 9-yard run by Preston Pearson and a Newhouse run to move the sticks. They punted shortly afterward, though. Pittsburgh took over at their own twenty-four. Bradshaw hit Swan for another reception at the 39, getting a first down. The Steelers' drive stalled, and they had to punt it down to the 18-yard line. The Cowboys proved unable to score in their drive as well, despite some good ball movement. They punted it away, and Pittsburgh took over as the fourth quarter began, with Dallas still leading by three. Bradshaw started the new drive with a pass to Harris down the sideline. He caught it and sprinted towards the end zone. But it wasn't going to be a touchdown. He was ruled out of bounds at the Pittsburgh 43 for a 26-yard gain, but not what he wanted. He wanted the whole thing, the touchdown. And then Cowboys defensive tackle Randy White sacked Bradshaw, to end the Pittsburgh drive. Fortunately for them, Walden got off a beautiful punt down to the 18-yard line. It was a 57-yard kick, and it drastically changed field position. The Cowboys then tried a flea flicker, but Thomas sniffed it out and sacked Staubach at the 13-yard line. On third down, Greenwood, Dwight White, and defensive end Steve furnace combined for a sack of Staubach. The Cowboys were forced to punt from deep in their own territory. Hunter Mitch Hops had his kick blocked by Reggie Harrison and the ball went out of the end zone for a safety. Running back Mike Collier returned the three-kick to the Dallas 45. It was a good return and Harris started a new drive with a 5-yard run before getting the first down two plays later. Bradshaw scrambled for 9 more yards, setting up a field goal attempt. This time, Jarella nailed the 36-yard field goal, and Pittsburgh took the lead 12-10. to So, to start out the next drive, defensive back Mike Wagner picked off Starbucks pass on first down and he returned it to the 5-yard line. However, Pittsburgh couldn't punch it in, even after getting down to the 1 on a Bradshaw scramble. They settled for an 18-yard Jarela field goal, and that increased their lead to 15-10. to The Cowboys went 3-and-out with Greenwood, Furness, and defensive tackle Ernie Holmes, converging on another sack for Pittsburgh. With five minutes to go, the Cowboys kicked it away, and Steelers defensive back Glenn Edwards returned it to the Pittsburgh 30. They wanted to go to work on the clock, running the ball twice with Harris, but their mindset changed on third and long. Bradshaw threw another one of his bombs downfield, and Swan made a spectacular catch for a 64-yard touchdown. On the play, Bradshaw was hit late and he was n- knocked out of the game with a concussion. There was no flag on the play, though, but there definitely should have been. Drella missed the extra point attempt off the left upright and Pittsburgh led 21 to 10. Desperation mode, the Cowboys were at their best. Staubach went deep for Drew Pearson for 30 yards, 30 yards, and then uh, after Dwight White picked up a sack, it was a two-minute warning, and Staubach got everything back on the next play. He threw down the left sideline to a wide-open Percy Howard for a touchdown. The Cowboys were now down by just four. The onside kick failed as Jerry Mullins recovered it for Pittsburgh. Backup quarterback Terry Hanready was now in the game for Pittsburgh, but he didn't pass. Instead, the Steelers just ran the ball in three straight plays. Then came fourth and eight with one twenty eight to go. Cowboys had to use up all their timeouts to stop the clock. And Chuck Noll decided that punting was too risky, so he had the Steelers run a hand off the blier, which picked up very little. The ball went over to, down to Dallas at their own 39 with 1.22 left on the clock. That was way too much time to leave Staubach. Staubach grabbed a low snap and scrambled to the Dallas 49 yard line, getting a first down. But he was in bounds, so the clock ran all the way under a minute to go. On another low snap, Staubach threw the Preston Pearson, who got a first down inside the Pittsburgh 38. But he too remained in bounds, and the clock ticked under 30 seconds. Fitzgerald, the center, got off his worst snap yet, which Staubach barely picked up and threw away in time. There are now just 12 seconds left in the game. Staubach threw a Hail Mary to the right corner of the end zone, but it fell incomplete, Three seconds left. Final play of the game, Staubach threw to the end zone over in the middle, but it was intercepted by defensive back Glenn Edwards, and the Steelers had won their second Super Bowl 21-17. Lynn Swan was named MVP of Super Bowl X for his amazing, spectacular performance. Those four catches, all for big gains but who would've won the award if not for him? I'd have to go with L.C. Greenwood. He was in on so many great defensive plays, and pro football reference has him down for four sacks. If sacks were an official statistic at the time, he'd still hold the Super Bowl record for sacks, which is currently three. I'm not sure exactly how accurate that number of four is, But I believe it. He was in on every big play. Who's the most valuable player on the losing team? That I'd have to give the Staubach. He had a great start and a great finish to this game. But the Pittsburgh defense kept him in check most of the game. But even so, he was just one pass away from winning this game and making this an all-time comeback. As for the least valuable player, it's really hard to pick one. I'd actually have to go with a player on the winning team, and that is Jarella. Yes, he uh, he made two field goals and an extra point, but he also missed two field goals and an extra point. If he makes all those kicks, this isn't even a close game at the end. Dallas would have never had a chance if he could have just converted those short kicks. The best player from this game that you've never heard of Well, that's kind of difficult because the Steelers and Cowboys are so well known that it's hard for me to pick one that you haven't heard of. But I'm going to go with Steelers running back Mike Collier. He had a big return of the free kick after the safety, which set up the go-ahead field goal by Jarela. Without his big return, maybe the Steelers don't score there, and who knows what happens. The biggest play of this game was obvious, Swans' touchdown catch in the, late in the fourth quarter. I don't think there's any arguing that. Swans' catch made it a 2 score game and seemed to put the game away. As it turned out, he didn't put away the game totally, but that touchdown proved to be the winning margin. The biggest play no one remembers, though? That's the sack-on-the-flea-flicker attempt by Dallas. Thomas got the sack on the play, J.T. Thomas, and instead of the Cowboys getting a big play, they got backed up farther, which set up the block punt for a safety. Imagine what happens if Staubach con- connects with a long bomb on that play, then Dallas goes up 17 to 7. This game's totally different. Thomas's big sack changed everything. Speaking of bombs, it was a bomb inside the Goodyear blimp that was attempted to be set off in the Orange Bowl during the Super Bowl. Not in real life, of course, but in the movie Black Sunday. That is the answer to today's pop quiz question. Black Sunday was filmed with some footage from this game itself right at the Orange Bowl. Later, more filming was done at the Orange Bowl after the Super Bowl. I've never actually seen that film, but I have seen the moment the blimp crashes into the Orange Bowl. It's a truly bizarre movie. So I've got just some short homework for you this time, and it's, this book is named Super Steelers, The Making of a Dynasty by Lou Sahadi. This one isn't specific to Super Bowl X, but it will give you all you need to know about the entire dynasty of the 70s Steelers. This book is a little older, so it'd be harder to find, but it's really big in size. It's worth it. Next time we've got Super Bowl XI. John Madden's Oakland Raiders try to win their first Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings playing in their fourth Super Bowl. Can Madden lead the Raiders to a 16-1 and record? Or will the Vikings spoil that and come away with their first title? This is Tommy A. Phillips signing off. You'll find out all that stuff next week. And you can find my work at TommyHatePhillips.com. Until then, so long.